Hello, and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne, and this is a continuation of the Speak series from the book Stretched Too Thin by Jessica Turner. It's chapter three, and it's discovering the feelings within. I'm excited to be talking to you about this as always, because I really, really feel that as moms and women in general, we need constant reminders of ways that we can own our feelings and emotions because we have a lot of them. And being a mom, I think, makes it even worse. All these feelings and these floodings of emotions that go through us, sometimes we don't even understand them. Um, Jessica hits on a lot of things in this chapter that I think are so true to my story and maybe there will be for you. The first thing she mentions is how the struggle is real and that a licensed counselor by the name of Dawn explains that women are processing emotionally and cognitively at the same time. We have more neural connections between the two hemispheres of our brain than men do. We are constantly, constantly, constantly going. I can be totally engaged with a client, she says, and also know at the same time my son is driving home from school because that is the way our brains work. This dual processing sometimes makes us feel like we are in overdrive. I felt like this reminder for me is allowing me to give my husband a little bit more grace. But let us not forget, women, that just because men are wired differently, this lets them off the hook in being engaged and being active participants. I think that sometimes this is why we feel like we just need to do it all. But it just means we need better communication with our husbands. And maybe we need to allow them the opportunity to do it their way as long as you have the base the same. I like to think of it as a math equation that my husband and I, oftentimes if we're given a math problem, he and I will arrive at the same answer, but totally different ways because our brains think differently. And this is true for parenting, just like with Jessica mentioned. So let them do it their way as long as you're getting to the bottom. You don't have to micromanage. Um, But it's not a reason to let them off the hook. That's a whole other podcast of men that because it's just not their thing, they're not involved. Um, But this, I had to laugh at this because this actually happened today because I feel like for me, I'm always engaged. Like if I leave the house, there's a part of my brain that is like always still running about all the things at home. But my husband's not the same way for this very reason because of the fact that apparently his brain is not that way. But even today, he drove by the school where my son goes to school and just like flew by. I called him up and he was like completely unaware that he even passed the school and that it was pickup time or anything. (laughs) So I had to laugh to be like, you really don't think about what's happening at home when he's, he's off and I think sometimes women, we can think that that means that our husbands don't care because like they can leave and just not even know what the heck is going on. So it it was really interesting to read that um, because it's so true and it can make us feel 
exhausted all the time. I think it's another reason why husbands get mad, sort of and frustrated with their wives because I've heard so often that these men, you know, husbands want to take the wife out away for like a weekend or something and um they want the wife not to be worried about this or worried about that and they want them not to be thinking about the kids and the house at all and it's just like that just isn't really possible men can do that but I just don't think that you know women are able to completely be able to process that way so understanding each other with that is really key um she also talks about obligating yourself to things putting extra pressure on yourself where there was a situation that she realized it wasn't needed. For example, she mentions at her child's school, they were having a cake walk for a fundraiser event. She felt obligated to bake a cake. And then she realized that most of the cakes around her homemade cake were store-bought anyway. And so, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself to feel like you have to do something it, that may not be your thing or you know, you have to live up to a certain expectation. Um, writing the emotional ship, she mentions, um, and this is a really important one. More importantly, none of your feelings define who you are. Do not let these feelings steal, steal your joy, your capacity to be your best, or the essence of who you are. I think that was a huge one for me. It still kind of is, but I think I'm evolving out of it now thankfully, um, I used to allow myself to, to have this def- definition of who I was based on how I felt or how other people around me were making me feel when I knew that wasn't who I was, but there was that constant emotion happening. So remembering that is really important. And then also the goal of discussing these these emotions isn't to say that all emotions are bad or illegitimate. Frankly, the opposite is true. Our feelings can often help us to recognize when something is not right in our lives, such as when boundaries have been relaxed, relationships have been strained, and priorities have become out of whack. In these instances, feelings can be helpful in motivating us to grow and make a different maybe choice in our lives. So They also allow us to be self-aware. And she says self-awareness is the first step to overcoming feelings of negativity. So this is very, very true to know that, you know, I think a lot of times, and I've been in this situation where my feelings were never valid. Um, They were, I was always told that, oh no, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, but I do feel this way. There's a reason I feel this way. Can we discuss it? Can we try to understand it? Uh, sometimes people aren't going to want to do that with you because that means they have to make a change and care about your feelings. And some people just don't want to do that. And sometimes it means you have to make a small change that sometimes can be hard to do. You know, change is always hard, no matter how big or small, you know, we get stuck in a rut. Getting out of it sometimes is difficult. And sometimes, you know, by being aware of something, that means we have to do something about it. And sometimes it's just easier just to say, ugh, 
push it to the side. But, you know, we can't do that because that's not helpful to progress. Um, It's also, too, she mentions, to be realistic about what it is that is going to make those in your life feel happy. Because oftentimes we can put expectations on ourselves to have to figure it all out. And we think that what we're doing is helpful when it's not. She mentions a situation where she always knew and she was self-aware to know summer is a difficult time for her because she has constant guilt of being at work while her kids are at summer camps and all the other moms are at the pool. And she always would feel bad about that. And so she would spend the summer not making it enjoyable. It wasn't enjoyable for her or her kids until she learned to discuss it and look at it differently to say, how can I fix these feelings of inadequacy over the summer? So she talked to her kids about it and they made a list of their summer bucket list. And she came to realize that their perfect summer idea were all things that she could do even with having her nine to five job. And that the perfect summer she had in mind wasn't even what they wanted. So open communication and realizing that you don't have to figure it all out and sometimes just having a different perspective and being, I mean, she was self-aware enough to know that I'm really sensitive and emotional over the summer. So what can I do to make myself feel better about that? And I love that she was able to reach out to her husband and her kids to help her do that because I think that's great. That's what family is supposed to be. And I and I want that for my family. I want for us all to care about each other's feelings and not just be like, oh, no, you shouldn't feel that way. You know, well, if I can do something to help you feel better, I want to do that. That's what people should do for you, right? You know, but how often don't we have that with people that are supposed to be family? So... She also mentions once you stop trying to be someone you are not and doing things that don't align with your desires and your responsibilities, you are better better able to thrive in your life. Yeah, I mean, how often can we say that the things that we're doing, we're just doing it maybe to please someone else? We're not really even being who we really are. We're not looking at what our strengths are. I think we fall into the trap of believing that if you do certain things, that makes you a good person or if you do certain things, you, it makes you a good mom when those things don't matter because in doing those things, you're not the version of yourself you want to be, so you're not really being a good mom. But we oftentimes can get so caught up in it that we can't really see it. I think that's where having a spouse that can have that open communication and the, and do it in a loving way is very helpful. Um, she also mentions how her her husband is that support to her and that he was able to convince her at a certain point that she needs to stop keeping score of what she's going to miss because there are going to be things that you're going to have to miss. Sometimes you just you can't be at every soccer game, and that's okay. Checks and balances, you know. You don't want to be MIA and just let yourself completely off the hook, obviously, but to, to put yourself in a position where as a mother you feel like you have to be at everything. I mean, that was hard for me because I've missed some of my son's soccers, and he's only just turned four, and my husband goes with him, and 
you know, at first I put that stress on myself to be like, no, no, I have to be there. I'm going to make Allie stay up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and da, da, da. But I'm not even enjoying myself. He's not having fun because he can see we're preoccupied with Allie because it's not a good situation for her to be in. It's it's when she should be going to bed and she doesn't want to sit still. And when my husband was able to reevaluate and say, Anne, stay home. Like, I'll go with him. It's my one-on-one time with him. You don't have to be at everything. And then when he comes home, you'll be less stressed. Allie will be down and you could give him some time. Plus, I do give him a lot of one-on-one time. I structured that in so that I have one-on-one time with him. And so it turned out to be an awesome thing that my husband does the soccer by himself with him. And like, Lucas is so happy. And so her husband has helped her to look at this and to say there was a particular time when she had a deadline and things got switched up in the schedule and either it was the soccer game or finishing her work she had to pick from her husband said stay home miss the game do your work we'll meet up later don't keep score And she did that and she mentions that she was both less stressed and a better mom because she got her work done. And it's so important, guys. I mean, we have to remember what it's going to make us a better mom. You know, doing something for yourself and something that is going to make you feel a little better, I think is not a bad thing sometimes if if you're having a, a happy balance with everything. Um. She also says to have hard conversations. And like I said, with what she's mentioning about self-awareness and marinating in your emotions and allowing them to be and understanding them, well, this is going to lead to having some hard conversations because you might find that that's something that's necessary for you not to keep feeling a certain way about yourself. She says one of the easiest ways to stop negative feelings from festering is to have a hard conversation. So she says that career coach Bobby Hurley advises that these hard conversations do take practice and you're going to have to do them over and over again. Says most people avoid conflict, but sometimes you have to sit down, you have to have the hard conversation, whether it's a team member that's not working correctly, it's a child that's out of line, or if it's a spouse that's not helping out. It's hard to sit down and have that conflict. You worry about people being upset with you and what people will think. But if you have the hard conversations, they will get easier and it's easier to stand up for yourself. So you have to do it repeatedly. It's not just a, I'm going to stand up for myself this one time and then it'll be cured. You have to have many times of consistently standing up for yourself and having the hard conversations. I've learned that there doesn't have to be emotion always in what you say. Um, I've learned and it's been very freeing to know that I can say what needs to be said and I can leave the emotion out of it and I don't have to like yell and scream and get upset and have the emotion of anger but I can say to the person what needs to be said about the anger that I have or the emotion that I have based on something that they are doing and that I need something to change with it because, and then 
I think it's important to remember that you can only do for you. You can't do for somebody else. Like they're going to want to have to care about your feelings. And I think that in doing this exercise, it's eye-opening to who really does care about your feelings. And we oftentimes don't want to accept that certain people in our lives who are supposed to love us and who are family, we don't want to see that when you do this exercise with them, they show you that they don't care. Maybe it's a long-time friendship that you've had and you've finally realized that you typically just don't say anything. You just go with the flow and let things go. And then you decide one time to say, well, this kind of like frustrates me. And when you do this, it's making me feel bad. And all of a sudden it's like, how dare you? You know, how dare you say anything? And there, there's never any place where once you move past that initial anger or upset in the fact that something's changed in the normal day-to-day of your relationship, that they're not coming to you saying, but I do care about your feelings. So, hey, it threw me off that you got frustrated with me and made used to it. But I, if I upset you, I want to know how to move forward that that's not going to happen anymore. When you don't get that, it's hard for you to have to say to yourself, I guess they don't care about my feelings. Or maybe they do care about your feelings, but they care about their feelings more. They feel about they care about how they feel and their emotion more. And it's not fair for somebody to expect you and your actions to always be ones that make their emotion feel good so that they don't have to go through this turmoil within themselves to say, well, this emotion makes me feel bad. And now I have to remember that this doesn't define who I am and yada, yada, yada. Well, you're not doing that to them. And that's how this relationship works. But when they're constantly doing it to you and you're doing the emotional warfare and, and you're constantly have to play this emotional game, how is that fair that when you say, hey, but I don't want you to do it to me, they don't want to do that. It's hard. When you have these hard conversations, you're going to narrow down in your life who people really are. So I think that might be another reason why people don't do it because they realize, or maybe they have done it, but then they just go back to the, oh, okay, we'll just go back to how things work with this person. And then maybe we'll try again in another couple of years when I'm at my wit's end again, you know, and that doesn't work because then what are you doing? You're being somebody you're not for their sake. And that's not fair. So, I mean, all of this really, really, really goes together and is so important to keeping in your circle people that know you, like really know you, and people that want you to get where you're going, and the people that like truly care about your feelings, and and people that truly are doing what you're doing, which is evaluating yourself all the time, and thinking about what they did, and oh my gosh, maybe I said this to that person I shouldn't have. I mean, that's a good thing because that means you're not a narcissistic person who doesn't give a crap about other people. And and if you're, you know, I mean, I find that these peop- other people that try to claim to be such great people, it's like, but they don't care. Like they go through their day and they're just like saying whatever to people and just putting, just just being this like, It's one thing to be yourself, but it's another thing just to be rude. Like there's a totally different thing here. Um, 
I think it's just be yourself gets taken way out of context. And it's like, oh, but then if being yourself is being mean, then okay, when people get mad at you, don't get mad about it because you're not being nice. So people aren't going to want that. So this is a really good exercise and it can even be something for yourself. Like it's, it's good to practice sticking up for yourself. It's good to practice boundaries, healthy boundaries. It's good to practice knowing that if someone has crossed a line, it needs to be addressed. And don't keep letting it happen because you think you have to let it happen or that person has authority over you or whatever, like it needs to be said. Um, so she also says forgiving is an important thing and how for unforgiveness is like a poison in our lives. And that's, it's so true. I've been in a place in my life where I've had to f- Forgive people just for myself. I mean, forgiveness really isn't for that person because I've forgiven a lot of people that I'm not even interested in them being in my life, but I have to forgive them just so it doesn't fester. Um, And sometimes that takes a while to get to a place where you can be like, you know what? I forgive you. Um, And... But if if you're in that constant process of not allowing that cancer to fester, you know, forgiveness can liberate us from crushing responsibility to oversee the resolution, which, which may or may not come. You know, I'm in that situation where th- there may never be a resolution. So I want to be liberated from having to oversee that resolution. I want to say... I forgive and we move on. Like it just, it wasn't working. So forgive you for not being that person in my life. I'm going to move on, you know, because you can't bring forth the resolution. You can't make people do things they don't want to do or be people that they aren't, whether that means them being a better version of themselves because you strive to be that. It's hard to understand when other people wouldn't want to do that, especially for people they should want to do it for. So that's tough. Stop with the FOMO, which I laugh because I didn't even know what this was. Um, It made me feel a little aged and old because this, I find this term is typically used like with the younger generation now because of social media, the fear of missing out. And there's, she mentions how it is a real thing and that we oftentimes have that because we are going to miss out on things because there's you just you can't do it all you can't be at every single thing and the fear of missing out on something when you're working is hard and to be self-aware enough to know do you need to turn social media off because that's setting you off or are you open to having that social media as a something that you're thankful for so that you can feel like you're a little involved even though you're not there or maybe having a friend text you pictures and kind of the play-by-play of um, what's going on while you're not there. Um, I've always been thankful for that when I've had other moms. I have a specific mom in general that is such a support to me and I am so thankful for and she's been able to take my children places that when I can't be there um 
and she gives me a play-by-play. She'll send me pictures. She'll like kind of try to involve me. And I love that because I'm thankful for it. But if that's not something that you are finding is helping your emotion, then have that conversation to say, look, I want you to, I'm thankful that you're going to help me, but it's just easier if I don't see the pictures of what I'm missing out on or I love the pictures and I love to see that and be true to to how you really feel um let it go she mentions like Elsa and Frozen many times you just need to let go of things and that to know that you're not perfect you're not Wonder Woman you're you can't do everything be content with where you are and what you can accomplish trade a comparison for celebration So try not to compare yourself to others. Maybe try to celebrate them. And this has been helpful for me to move forward because I found myself in a place where I was feeling like kind of jealous of women on social media or in my social circle that I'm like, well they kind of frustrate me or annoy me. But then when I thought about why do they annoy me, it's because they are where I want to be and they're accomplishing things that I want to accomplish. And I sit down and I'm like, well, I can't do that. That's just not for me. But then I say to myself, well, maybe if I stop being so negative about it and I celebrate them and I try to get to know them or dive in a little bit more into looking into some things they're sharing maybe it'll help me because they do say, you know, be around those you want to become. And it was very helpful. And I got to realize that again, I was negatively judging someone that's a really nice person just based off of my own insecurity and negativity. And it's so easy for that to happen. So try to be celebratory versus um, comparing all the time. Always remind yourself that what you see on social media is not always the true picture of what's going on. I mean, I realized that when there was a particular person that I follow on social media and all of the pictures are like perfectly pristine and obviously rooms that are specifically done up for pictures. Then I had the opportunity to be in the person's house and I looked around and realized, whoa, this isn't how our whole house looks all the time. It's just what she chooses to share. So, I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but it's nice when you can get that realization and like reality check to say, come on, even if it was, who cares? You know, we don't know the ins and outs of everybody's life. So be thankful. Um, practice self-acceptance. Then she also mentions ways that you can just remind yourself of how strong you are and how that working mothers are some of the strongest women that she knows. And this is so true. So, so true. Um, We are constantly doubting ourselves. And, you know, for me, I feel like I have so much more respect for working moms, because although I work, I structure my hours at home and I don't have like a typical nine to five job that I have to punch a clock and my, my situation's even different. And to think about 
my guilt and what these other women must experience. Um, and I'm in admiration for them. You know, I'm sure I could do it if I was in that situation. Um, but not to say it wouldn't be hard. So you working moms are strong. They really are. I mean, it's, it's hard to have to leave your child and go to work. Like that's not a weakness. That's a strength. And some, I mean, a lot of you, I mean, what you're doing at your work life is empowering and helpful to other people. I mean, so we can't overlook that either. I mean, who, look at who you're helping every day when you go to your job. You know, look at all the positive that you're bringing to somebody else's life or whatever it is that you do. Look at that because that shouldn't be overlooked either. You know, we have complex lives and things have changed to where, you know, the role of a woman is different. And I think that in being liberated and, um, you know, the further we become in women's rights and the way we view women, the stigmatisms and the ways that we speak about women go away, the more it puts on us though. And so we have to have, especially with our husbands, we have to have the hard conversations, ladies, with these men in our lives if they're not making us feel the way they should because you know why for the next generation. Um, it needs, the change happens um, in our homes. So it's really important. And, and Jessica really hits on a lot of those things. And she puts in here as well some pages of reflection for your feelings, some questions that are thought-provoking and will help you to see where maybe hard conversations do need to happen. Change needs to happen because it's going to make you maybe realize in answering some of these questions where some of your feelings lie, where some of your frustrations are coming from, ways you can let go. Um, so it's really helpful to answer these questions um, in the back. The next chapter, as I'm looking, is practicing self-care. So I'm excited for that chapter as well because that's a place that I think we fall really short. We want to care for everybody, but we don't want to give self-care to ourselves. And if we do, then we feel guilty. So... Overall, I'm really enjoying this book. I hope that you are too. I love to support Jessica in reading her book and sharing my thoughts because Jessica, I know I've mentioned this before, has been an inspiration to me. Um, you know, I do this podcast because there was a time in my life when I didn't have people in my life that were positive to me. They... Um, were not treating me very well. I, I constantly every day felt bad about myself. I let their judgments and their um, misunderstandings and misconceptions define who I was. And I always knew that wasn't who I was. Um, I allowed too many days go by where you don't have the hard conversations. You don't put people in a place where they know how they need to navigate. And... It was nice to find a, a, 
a place online where there were women that shared their feelings and they were a constant reminder that they didn't even have to know me, but they knew my heart. And it was a place where I could start my journey of surrounding myself around another set of women that thought differently about life um, and reminded me that I want to hold on to those things um, because they rooted me in who I was and, and didn't make me feel bad about it. So I hope that you're taking something from this podcast. It's, it's also another thing for me to say, I want to spread light, share positivity and use social media in different avenues and outlets to do that. Because although social media can be so negative and sometimes a bad thing, People misuse it just like anything can be misused. I want to be somebody that says, well, that's not going to be a reason that I don't go on social media. It's going to be a reason that I do. And it's going to be a reason that I find a way to be positive, spread joy, spread light, and maybe help uplift just one person. And if nothing else, at least I got to babble and feel like I got my thoughts off my chest, which is always nice to do as I read a book and reflect I have gotten so much positivity about this podcast. So if you have sent that to me, I thank you so much. Because every time I hear from somebody who has listened to a podcast and has nice positive things to say to me, it is just, it really brings such joy to my heart. Makes me feel a little bit outside my comfort zone because this isn't typically something I do, which is share things with people and kind of give little bits of my story away. Um, But it's therapeutic to do that. And I think that we a lot of times underestimate um, what can be, what can come out of putting ourselves in a place where we are outside our comfort zone. And So it has been such a great journey. I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. If you listen to this podcast and and you like what you're hearing, let me know. I love to hear that. If you have shared with me, thank you so much because it means the world to me. And I just hope that as we continue through this book, we can grow together. And so Stretch Too Thin by Jessica Turner, Chapter 4. Stay tuned. This is In the Studio with Anne podcast, and I'm Anne. And I hope that from wherever you are, you're comfortable and you're having a great day. Till next time. Hello, and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne, and this is a continuation of the Speak series from the book Stretched Too Thin by Jessica Turner. It's chapter three, and it's Discovering the Feelings Within. I'm excited to be talking to you about this, as always, because I really, really feel that as moms and women in general, we need constant reminders of ways that we can own our feelings and emotions because we have a lot of them. And being a mom, I think, makes it even worse. All these feelings and these floodings of emotions that go through us, sometimes we don't even understand them. Um, Jessica hits on a lot of things in this chapter that I think are so 
true to my story, and maybe there will be for you. The first thing she mentions is how the struggle is real. And that a licensed counselor by the name of Dawn explains that women are processing emotionally and cognitively at the same time. We have more neural connections between the two hemispheres of our brain than men do. We are constantly, constantly, constantly going. I can be totally engaged with a client, she says, and also know at the same time my son is driving home from school because that is the way our brains work. This dual processing sometimes makes us feel like we are in overdrive. I felt like this reminder for me is allowing me to give my husband a little bit more grace. But let us not forget, women, that just because men are wired differently, this lets them off the hook in being engaged and being active participants I think that sometimes this is why we feel like we just need to do it all. But it just means we need better communication with our husbands. And maybe we need to allow them the opportunity to do it their way. As long as you have the base the same. I like to think of it as a math equation that my husband and I, oftentimes if we're given a math problem, he and I will arrive at the same answer, but totally different ways because our brains think differently. And this is true for parenting, just like with Jessica mentioned. So let them do it their way as long as you're getting to the bottom. You don't have to micromanage, um, but it's not a reason to let them off the hook. That's a whole other podcast of men that because it's just not their thing. They're not involved. Um, but this, I had to laugh at this because this actually happened today. Because I feel like for me, I'm always engaged. Like if I leave the house, there's a part of my brain that is like always still running about all the things at home. But my husband's not the same way for this very reason because of the fact that apparently his brain is not that way. But even today, he drove by the school where my son goes to school and just like flew by I called him up and he was like completely unaware that he even passed the school and that it was pickup time or anything (laughs) so I had to laugh to be like you really don't think about what's happening at home when he's he's off and I think sometimes women we can think that that means that our husbands don't care because like they can leave and just not even know what the heck is going on so it it was really interesting to read that um, because it's so true and it can make us feel exhausted all the time. I think it's another reason why husbands get mad sort of and frustrated with their wives because I've heard so often that these men, you know, husbands want to take the wife out away for like a weekend or something and... um. They want the wife not to be worried about this or worried about that. And they want them not to be thinking about the kids and the house at all. And it's just like that just isn't really possible. Men can do that. But I just don't think that, you know, women are able to completely be able to process that way. So understanding each other with that is really key. Um She also talks about obligating yourself to things. 
putting extra pressure on yourself where there was a situation that she realized it wasn't needed. For example, she mentions at her child's school, they were having a cakewalk for a fundraiser event. She felt obligated to bake a cake. And then she realized that most of the cakes around her homemade cake were store-bought anyway. And so, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself to feel like you have to do something that may not be your thing or you know, you have to live up to a certain expectation. Um, writing the emotional ship, she mentions, um, and this is a really important one. More importantly, none of your feelings define who you are. Do not let these feelings steal, steal your joy, your capacity to be your best, or the essence of who you are. I think that was a huge one for me. It still kind of is, but I think I'm evolving out of it now thankfully, um, I used to allow myself to, to have this def- definition of who I was based on how I felt or how other people around me were making me feel when I knew that wasn't who I was, but there was that constant emotion happening. So remembering that is really important. And then also the goal of discussing these these emotions isn't to say that all emotions are bad or illegitimate. Frankly, the opposite is true. Our feelings can often help us to recognize when something is not right in our lives, such as when boundaries have been relaxed, relationships have been strained, and priorities have become out of whack. In these instances, feelings can be helpful in motivating us to grow and make a different maybe choice in our lives. So They also allow us to be self-aware. And she says self-awareness is the first step to overcoming feelings of negativity. So this is very, very true to know that, you know, I think a lot of times, and I've been in this situation where my feelings were never valid. Um, They were, I was always told that, oh no, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, but I do feel this way. There's a reason I feel this way. Can we discuss it? Can we try to understand it? Uh, sometimes people aren't going to want to do that with you because that means they have to make a change and care about your feelings. And some people just don't want to do that. And sometimes it means you have to make a small change that sometimes can be hard to do. You know, change is always hard, no matter how big or small, you know, we get stuck in a rut. Getting out of it sometimes is difficult. And sometimes, you know, by being aware of something, that means we have to do something about it. And sometimes it's just easier just to say, ugh, push it to the side. But, you know, we can't do that because that's not helpful to progress. Um, it's also, too, she mentions, to be realistic about what it is that is going to make those in your life feel happy. Because oftentimes we can put expectations on ourselves to have to figure it all out. And we think that what we're doing is helpful when it's not. She mentions a situation where she always knew and she was self-aware to know summer is a difficult time for her because she has constant guilt of being at work while her kids are at summer camps and all the other moms are at the pool. And she always would feel bad about that. And so she would spend the summer 
not making it enjoyable. It wasn't enjoyable for her or her kids until she learned to discuss it and look at it differently to say, how can I fix these feelings of inadequacy over the summer? So she talked to her kids about it and they made a list of their summer bucket list. And she came to realize that their perfect summer idea were all things that she could do even with having her nine to five job. And that the perfect summer she had in mind wasn't even what they wanted. So open communication and realizing that you don't have to figure it all out. And sometimes just having a different perspective and being, I mean, she was self-aware enough to know that I'm really sensitive and emotional over the summer. So what can I do to make myself feel better about that? And I love that she was able to reach out to her husband and her kids to help her do that because I think that's great. That's what family is supposed to be. And I and I want that for my family. I want for us all to care about each other's feelings and not just be like, oh, no, you shouldn't feel that way. You know, well, if I can do something to help you feel better, I want to do that. That's what people should do for you, right? You know, but how often don't we have that with people that are supposed to be family? So... She also mentions once you stop trying to be someone you are not and doing things that don't align with your desires and your responsibilities, you are better better able to thrive in your life. Yeah, I mean, how often can we say that the things that we're doing, we're just doing it maybe to please someone else? We're not really even being who we really are. We're not looking at what our strengths are. I think we fall into the trap of believing that if you do certain things, that makes you a good person. Or if you do certain things, you, it makes you a good mom when those things don't matter. Because in doing those things, you're not the version of yourself you want to be. So you're not really being a good mom. But we oftentimes can get so caught up in it that we can't really see it. I think that's where having a spouse that can have that open communication and the, and do it in a loving way is very helpful. Um, she also mentions how her, her husband is that support to her and that he was able to convince her at a certain point that she needs to stop keeping score of what she's going to miss because there are going to be things that you're going to have to miss. Sometimes you just you can't be at every soccer game, and that's okay. Checks and balances, you know. You don't want to be MIA and just let yourself completely off the hook, obviously, but to, to put yourself in a position where as a mother you feel like you have to be at everything. I mean, that was hard for me because I've missed some of my son's soccers, and he's only just turned four, and my husband goes with him, and you know, at first I put that stress on myself to be like, no, no, I have to be there. I'm going to make Allie stay up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and da, da, da. But I'm not even enjoying myself. He's not having fun because he can see we're preoccupied with Allie because it's not a good situation for her to be in. It's, it's when she should be going to bed and she doesn't want to sit still. And when my husband was able to reevaluate and say, and stay home. Like, I'll go with him. It's my one-on-one time with him. You don't have to be at everything. And then when he comes home, you'll be less stressed. Allie will be down and you could give him some time. Plus, I do give him a lot of one-on-one time. I structured that in so that I have one-on-one time with him. And so it turned out to be an awesome thing. 
that my husband does the soccer by himself with him. And like, Lucas is so happy. And so her husband has helped her to look at this and to say there was a particular time when she had a deadline and things got switched up in the schedule and either it was the soccer game or finishing her work she had to pick from. Her husband said, stay home, miss the game, do your work. We'll meet up later. Don't keep score. And she did that and she mentions that she was both less stressed and a better mom because she got her work done. And it's so important, guys. I mean, we have to remember what it's going to make us a better mom. You know, doing something for yourself and something that is going to make you feel a little better, I think is not a bad thing sometimes if, if you're having a, a happy balance with everything. Um, she also says to have hard conversations. And like I said, with what she's mentioning about self-awareness and marinating in your emotions and allowing them to be and understanding them, well, this is going to lead to having some hard conversations because you might find that that's something that's necessary for you not to keep feeling a certain way about yourself. She says one of the easiest ways to stop negative feelings from festering is to have a hard conversation. So, She says that career coach Bobby Hurley advises that these hard conversations do take practice and you're going to have to do them over and over again. Says most people avoid conflict, but sometimes you have to sit down, you have to have the hard conversation, whether it's a team member that's not working correctly, it's a child that's out of line, or if it's a spouse that's not helping out. It's hard to sit down and have that conflict. You worry about people being upset with you and what people will think. But if you have the hard conversations, they will get easier and it's easier to stand up for yourself. So you have to do it repeatedly. It's not just a, I'm going to stand up for myself this one time and then it'll be cured. You have to have many times of consistently standing up for yourself and having the hard conversations. I've learned that there doesn't have to be emotion always in what you say. Um, I've learned and it's been very freeing to know that I can say what needs to be said and I can leave the emotion out of it and I don't have to like yell and scream and get upset and have the emotion of anger but I can say to the person what needs to be said about the anger that I have or the emotion that I have based on something that they are doing and that I need something to change with it because, and then I think it's important to remember that you can only do for you. You can't do for somebody else. Like they're going to want to have to care about your feelings. And I think that in doing this exercise, it's eye-opening to who really does care about your feelings. And we oftentimes don't want to accept that certain people in our lives who are supposed to love us and who are family, we don't want to see that when you do this exercise with them, they show you that they don't care. Maybe it's a long time friendship that you've had and you've finally realized that you typically just don't say anything. You just go with the flow and let things go. And then you decide one time to say, well, this kind of like frustrates me. And when you do this, it's making me feel bad. And all of a sudden it's like 
how dare you? You know, how dare you say anything? And there, there's never any place where once you move past that initial anger or upset in the fact that something's changed in the normal day-to-day of your relationship, that they're not coming to you saying, but I do care about your feelings. So, hey, it threw me off that you got frustrated with me and get used to it. But I, if I upset you, I want to know how to move forward that that's not going to happen anymore. When you don't get that, it's hard for you to have to say to yourself, I guess they don't care about my feelings. Or maybe they do care about your feelings, but they care about their feelings more. They feel about they care about how they feel and their emotion more. And it's not fair for somebody to expect you and your actions to always be ones that make their emotion feel good so that they don't have to go through this turmoil within themselves to say, well, this emotion makes me feel bad. And now I have to remember that this doesn't define who I am and yada, yada, yada. Well, you're not doing that to them. And that's how this relationship works. But when they're constantly doing it to you and you're doing the emotional warfare and, and you're constantly have to play this emotional game, how is that fair that when you say, hey, but I don't want you to do it to me, they don't want to do that. It's hard. When you have these hard conversations, you're going to narrow down in your life who people really are. So I think that might be another reason why people don't do it. Because they realize, or maybe they have done it, but then they just go back to the, oh, okay, we'll just go back to how things work with this person. And then maybe we'll try again in another couple years when I'm at my wit's end again, you know, and that doesn't work because then what are you doing? You're being somebody you're not for their sake. And that's not fair. So, I mean, all of this really, really, really goes together and is so important to Keeping in your circle people that know you, like really know you, and people that want you to get where you're going, and the people that like truly care about your feelings, and, and people that truly are doing what you're doing, which is evaluating yourself all the time, and thinking about what they did, and oh my gosh, maybe I said this to that person I shouldn't have, I mean, that's a good thing. Because that means you're not a narcissistic person who doesn't give a crap about other people. And, and if you're, you know, I mean, I find that these people, other people that try to claim to be such great people, it's like, but they don't care. Like they go through their day and they're just like saying whatever to people and just putting, just, just being this like, it's one thing to be yourself, but it's another thing just to be rude. Like there's a totally different thing here. Um, I think it's just be yourself gets taken way out of context. And it's like, oh, but then if being yourself is being mean, then okay, when people get mad at you, don't get mad about it because you're not being nice. So people aren't going to want that. So this is a really good exercise and it can even be something for yourself. Like it's, it's good to practice sticking up for yourself. It's good to practice boundaries, healthy boundaries. It's good to practice knowing that if someone has crossed a line, it needs to be addressed and don't keep letting it happen because you think you have to let it happen or that person has authority over you or whatever, like it needs to be said. Um, So 
she also says forgiving is an important thing and how for unforgiveness is like a poison in our lives and that's it's so true i've been in a place in my life where i've had to f- forgive people just for myself i mean forgiveness really isn't for that person because i've forgiven a lot of people that i'm not even interested in them being in my life but i have to forgive them just so it doesn't fester um and sometimes that takes a while to get to a place where you can be like you know what I forgive you. Um, and, but if, if you're in that constant process of not allowing that cancer to fester, you know, forgiveness can liberate us from crushing responsibility to oversee the resolution, which, which may or may not come. You know, I'm in that situation where th- there may never be a resolution. So I want to be liberated from having to oversee that resolution, I want to say, I forgive and we move on. Like it just, it wasn't working. So forgive you for not being that person in my life. I'm going to move on, you know, because you can't bring forth the resolution. You can't make people do things they don't want to do or be people that they aren't whether that means them being a better version of themselves because you strive to be that, it's hard to understand when other people wouldn't want to do that, especially for people they should want to do it for. So that's tough. Stop with the F-O-M-O, which I laugh because I didn't even know what this was. Um, it made me feel a little aged and old because this, I find this term is typically used like with the younger generation now because of social media, the fear of missing out. And there's, she mentions how it is a real thing and that we oftentimes have that because we are going to miss out on things because there's, you just, you can't do it all. You can't be at every single thing. And the fear of missing out on something when you're working is hard. And to be self-aware enough to know, do you need to turn social media off because that's setting you off? Or are you open to having that social media as something that you're thankful for so that you can feel like you're a little involved even though you're not there? Or maybe having a friend text you pictures and kind of the play-by-play of um, what's going on while you're not there. Um, I've always been thankful for that when I've had other moms I have a specific mom in general that is such a support to me and I am so thankful for and she's been able to take my children places that when I can't be there um, and she gives me a play-by-play. She'll send me pictures. She'll like kind of try to involve me and I love that because I'm thankful for it. But if that's not something that you are finding is helping your emotion, then have that conversation to say, look, I want you to, I'm thankful that you're going to help me, but it's just easier if I don't see the pictures of what I'm missing out on, or I love the pictures and I love to see that and be true to to how you really feel. Um, Let it go. She mentions like Elsa and Frozen, many times you just need to let go of things and that to know that you're not perfect, you're not Wonder Woman, you can't do everything. Be content with where you are and what you can accomplish. Trade a comparison for celebration. So try not to compare yourself to others. Maybe try to celebrate them and 
this has been helpful for me to move forward because I found myself in a place where I was feeling like kind of jealous of women on social media or in my social circle that I'm like, well, they kind of frustrate me or annoy me. But then when I thought about why do they annoy me, it's because they are where I want to be and they're accomplishing things that I want to accomplish. And I sit down and I'm like, I, well, I can't do that. That's just not for me. But then I say to myself, well, maybe if I stop being so negative about it and I celebrate them and I try to get to know them or dive in a little bit more into looking into some things they're sharing maybe it'll help me because they do say, you know, be around those you want to become. And it was very helpful. And I got to realize that again, I was negatively judging someone that's a really nice person just based off of my own insecurity and negativity. And it's so easy for that to happen. So try to be celebratory versus um, comparing all the time. Always remind yourself that what you see on social media is not always the true picture of what's going on. I mean, I realized that when there was a particular person that I follow on social media and all of the pictures are like perfectly pristine and obviously rooms that are specifically done up for pictures. Then I had the opportunity to be in the person's house and I looked around and realized, whoa, this isn't how our whole house looks all the time. It's just what she chooses to share. So, I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but it's nice when you can get that realization and like reality check to say, come on, even if it was, who cares? You know, we don't know the ins and outs of everybody's life. So be thankful. Um, practice self-acceptance. Then she also mentions ways that you can just remind yourself of how strong you are and how that working mothers are some of the strongest women that she knows. And this is so true. So, so true. Um, we are constantly doubting ourselves. And, you know, for me, I feel like I have so much more respect for working moms, because although I work, I structure my hours at home and I don't have like a typical nine to five job that I have to punch a clock and my, my situation's even different. And to think about my guilt and what these other women must experience. Um, and I'm in admiration for them. You know, I'm sure I could do it if I, was in that situation. Um, but not to say it wouldn't be hard. So you working moms are strong. They really are. I mean, it's, it's hard to have to leave your child and go to work. Like that's not a weakness. That's a strength. And some, I mean, a lot of you, I mean, what you're doing at your work life is empowering and helpful to other people. I mean, so we can't overlook that either. I mean, who look at who you're helping every day when you go to your job. You know, look at all the positive that you're bringing to somebody else's life or whatever it is that you do. 
look at that because that shouldn't be overlooked either. You know, we have complex lives and things have changed to where, you know, the role of a woman is different. And I think that in being liberated and, um, you know, the further we become in women's rights and the way we view women, the stigmatisms and the ways that we speak about women go away, the more it puts on us though. And so we have to have, especially with our husbands, we have to have the hard conversations, ladies, with these men in our lives if they're not making us feel the way they should because you know why for the next generation. Um, it needs, the change happens um, in our homes. So it's really important. And, and Jessica really hits on a lot of those things. And she puts in here as well some pages of reflection for your feelings, some questions that are thought-provoking and will help you to see where maybe hard conversations do need to happen. Change needs to happen because it's going to make you maybe realize in answering some of these questions where some of your feelings lie, where some of your frustrations are coming from, ways you can let go. Um, so it's really helpful to answer these questions um, in the back. The next chapter, as I'm looking, is practicing self-care. So I'm excited for that chapter as well because that's a place that I think we fall really short. We want to care for everybody, but we don't want to give self-care to ourselves. And if we do, then we feel guilty. So overall, I'm really enjoying this book. I hope that you are too. I love to support Jessica in reading her book and sharing my thoughts because Jessica... I know I've mentioned this before, has been an inspiration to me. Um, you know, I do this podcast because there was a time in my life when I didn't have people in my life that were positive to me. They um, were not treating me very well. I, f I constantly, every day, felt bad about myself. I let their judgments and their... Um, misunderstandings and misconceptions define who I was. And I always knew that wasn't who I was. Um, I allowed too many days go by where you don't have the hard conversations. You don't put people in a place where they know how they need to navigate. And it was nice to find a, a, a place online where there were women that shared their feelings and they were a constant reminder that they didn't even have to know me, but they knew my heart. And it was a place where I could start my journey of surrounding myself around another set of women that thought differently about life um, and reminded me that I want to hold on to those things um, because they rooted me in who I was and, and didn't make me feel bad about it. So I hope that you're taking something from this podcast. It's, it's also another thing for me to say, I want to spread light, share positivity and use social media in different avenues and outlets to do that. Because although social media can be so negative, and sometimes 
a bad thing. People misuse it just like anything can be misused. I want to be somebody that says, well, that's not going to be a reason that I don't go on social media. It's going to be a reason that I do. And it's going to be a reason that I find a way to be positive, spread joy, spread light, and maybe help uplift just one person. And if nothing else, at least I got to babble and feel like I got my thoughts off my chest, which is always nice to do as I read a book and reflect. I have gotten so much positivity about this podcast. So if you have sent that to me, I thank you so much because every time I hear from somebody who has listened to a podcast and has nice positive things to say to me, it is just, it really brings such joy to my heart. Makes me feel a little bit outside my comfort zone because this isn't typically something I do, which is share things with people and kind of give little bits of my story away. Um, But it's therapeutic to do that. And I think that we a lot of times underestimate um, what can be, what can come out of putting ourselves in a place where we are outside our comfort zone. And So it has been such a great journey. I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. If you listen to this podcast and and you like what you're hearing, let me know. I love to hear that. If you have shared with me, thank you so much because it means the world to me. And I just hope that as we continue through this book, we can grow together. And so Stretch Too Thin by Jessica Turner, Chapter 4. Stay tuned. This is In the Studio with Anne podcast, and I'm Anne. And I hope that from wherever you are, you're comfortable and you're having a great day. Till next time.